Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. And at this time, every week, we make our announcements for upcoming programs. Next Saturday, May 11th, Uh, The program will be called Estate Planning for Young Families. Alyssa and her guest, Attorney Daniel Van Ness of DGVE Law in Hingham, will be reviewing the importance of estate planning. The following Saturday, May 18th, the topic will be Investments with Mike and Justin. And we have an important announcement from the Marshfield Food Pantry. Uh, Next Saturday, a week from today on May 11th, is their uh, annual National Association of Letter Carriers Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive. And this week, your letter carrier will be dropping off a plastic sleeve. It will contain a plastic bag and donation envelope. The food pantry asks that you fill the plastic bag with non-perishable food items or personal hygiene products and leave it out with your mail on Saturday morning. Your letter carrier will pick it up and deliver it to the Marshfield Food Pantry. If you cannot uh, donate food items, uh, they are asking if you would make a financial donation in the, just leave it in the envelope. And once again, the Marshfield Food Pantry would like to thank you in 
excuse me, thank all those in our community for the years of generosity to the food pantry. That's a national, uh, this is a national food drive, I believe. Yeah, it's going yeah. on everywhere. Yep, so. yep. So if you don't happen to live in Marshfield, folks, that announcement still applies to you. Uh, you know, this it's... Uh, a big need, you know, some good folks doing some good work and a huge need. So. Right. And as you mentioned earlier, it comes at a good time of the year because they tend to receive so many donations during the winter holidays, but they need they need our help all year round. Yeah, and, and hopefully uh, contributions to charity are one of your expenses that are built into your life. Yes. So let's get back to our topic at hand, playing defense in the common sense survival of today's world. Uh, hmm, here we go. Doing all that stuff to have a budget is a lot of work, Michael, right? Is there an easier way you can approach it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, probably more a more practical way to do it, but probably not as good. But let me, let me kind of go through that, okay? So, okay. So living within your means is plan A, and crafting a budget and watching your expenses and checking your charge cards and checking your checks and sitting down every, every once in a while and say, how am I doing? That's, yep. that's a lot of work. Well, you know, people should be doing it, but <laughs> a lot of people don't. Okay, so, so I'm going to call this plan B. Okay, okay. Uh, easier, not quite as good, but still plan B is better than not having a plan, folks. So, so here you go. So let's assume, uh, again, that you have your tax withholding perfect and you're saving at least 10% of your gross income for retirement, at least, okay? Uh, and maybe, in this example, you're saving some money for college. Maybe that's either by you or you're not sort of a thing. But anyway, uh, and if you are saving some money for college, I would do it directly out of your checking account because that's an expense. And, and remember how we took taxes out of the checking account yeah. and we took the contributions, I'm sorry, took taxes out of your paycheck, took contributions to retirement plans out of your paycheck. When that paycheck right. hits your, hit your checking account, if you are taking college expense savings out of there, then what's left is what you get to live on. So it's okay. just a question of factoring in college, college so, contributions. Okay, but you have okay? to figure out where that where that money that you're saving for college is going to go to. You're not just right, going to put right. that in a check. Yeah, savings that's that's account. from that's in the investing part at the okay. end. This is just the getting you know structuring it correctly. Okay, okay so so three things disappear uh, before you see money that you can live your life with taxes. Okay, retirement plan contributions and maybe for savings. Okay, well, so so and then it's pretty simple. Whatever amount of money that's in your checking account, that's that's what you have to live on. Okay. And it sounds simple. <laughs> I, I told you it was simple. <laughs> I didn't say it was easy. Okay, that, that's a difference. It's okay. basic. Yeah, it's you, just not. The easy. first okay. of all, you have to know what's in your checkbook. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and keep track on it, and and that's easy to do these days with you know with uh, you know websites and computers and all the you know the banks. You can do that. Okay, so so it's it's very very simple. If you don't want to go through all that work, you know, just don't spend any more than lands in your checking account because we've already taken out the three things that you need to be doing sort of a thing uh, okay. okay so and again the, the 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 other part of this plan B is that 
Well, your charge card balance is zero. Okay, let's pretend you start off that way. If you, at the end of a month, you have a charge card balance that you can't pay off, then apparently you didn't live within your means that month. Okay, so from a financial planning point of view, if your charge card balance is growing or not shrinking, that's a sign that you're not living with with what's in the checkbook. So all you gotta do is look at your charge card balance. If it's zero, you're doing fine. Okay, another um, marker for checking on that is, well, if you got $15,000 of emergency reserves, if at the end of the next month your charge card bill is two thousand, you can't pay it, and your emergency reserves are eleven thousand, okay, then I guess you spent six thousand dollars you didn't have. Okay, you know, emergency reserves shrinking, charge card balance growing or not going away, those are two simple signs. You didn't have to go look at your expenses; it's bigger, or or it's smaller, okay. sort of a thing. Okay, so that's that's an easy way. And by the way. I, I know a number of folks who live that way. Uh, it's less work. And instead of planning ahead by looking at all your expenses and figuring out what you're going to trim, you're kind of forced to plan each time an expense comes up and about a decision. So, you know, if you sat down and looked at all your expenses and added them up and said, well, I can cut over here, I can cut over there. You're you're at least thinking about a plan. So you're not planning, you're kind of reacting. But, you know, that's certainly better than than not having a plan. Okay. Okay. I I have a question about emergency reserves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you often talk about having a home equity line of credit in place. Yep. All right. Yep. And And let's say you put it in place, you... You don't have to use it. Yeah. All right. And and let's just say there's not a huge emergency. What can you consider your home equity line of credit as an emergency reserve? Great question. The answer is no. Why? <laughs> I thought that would be a good answer. If I were in, I'm, I'm just thinking about. Okay, I'm trying to do all this. I've got to have yeah. all this money in yeah. emergency reserves. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to amass this yeah. money. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Uh, I've had that question a couple of hundred times in my life, okay? Uh, my answer is a firm no, and let me explain, okay? okay. And, and thank you for that, because there's one other piece that I was going to say. So okay. if you're, uh, this is the big picture, plan B, folks. If your yeah. taxes are taken out of your paycheck, your retirement plan contributions are taken out, and let's forget about college. It confuses it. So you know, your kids are out of college, whatever. Okay, so what hits the checkbook is what you have to live on. If your emergency reserves shrank in a given month, or if your home, if your charge cards grew and you couldn't pay it off in a given month, or if you wrote a check against your home equity line of credit, okay, that's another way of saying, you know, I I didn't live within my means for that month. So those are the three the, the three markers that you need to check on. But the answer to your question is, so if you have, if you count your emergency, uh, your home equity line of credit as an emergency, okay, I would say it's a backup to your emergency reserves. If you don't have emergency reserves, sure, it would work. But here's my question. If you had to get money for an emergency, do you want to use your own money or do you want to have to borrow it and pay it back? Oh. Okay. Uh, you, you, if, if you if you use that home equity line of credit, right? You, 
you got to pay it back, right? Right, with, but, okay, so is there a penalty for paying it back all at once? No. It's an equity line of credit. You can pay back as little or as much as you can. Okay, so what okay. if you pay back the whole thing? What's your, like in a month or well, two well, months, what's well, your interest well, how, rate? How, okay, it's going to be like maybe 4% or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could have to, well, by the way, interest rates, I apologize, on home equity lines of credit, forget charge cards, it's okay. scary, 4 or 5%. So do you want to have to pay 5 on top of paying it back? Or do you want to take money out of it's, an account? It's 5% five, five per year, right? Yeah. So if you pay, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, by yeah, the way, you're here, right. here, if you have the cash, you're better yeah. off because you're not paying any interest. Right. If, if you, my question is, if you wrote a check for $5,000 against your home equity line of credit, yeah. how are you going to pay it back? That was above. That well, was how are you going to pay back your emergency reserves? Okay. You're going to pay it back the same way. You're going to have to make some trade-offs in your right. expenses to be okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. No, I understand the pay. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to. Yeah. Treat it like yeah. it's your emergency reserves, yeah. but I didn't consider the interest. So yeah. my, my, why my, not make a tiny bit of interest? Yeah. Why in not make a tiny bit of interest and use your own money and forego one or one or two percent, as opposed to okay. have to pay yeah. pay five or you know. And and the other thing about the, the well, it's the same thing for the charge cards. It's so easy not to pay it all back because they make it that way. You know, on a home, on a home equity line of credit. You only have to pay interest for the first 10 years. You yeah. don't have to pay a nickel back. So they make it easy to do well, that. Well, it's, yes, and it's easy not to pay back your emergency reserves because nobody is telling you to pay it that, back. That is that is right. No, nobody's even even saying, yeah. just pay me back a little every yeah. Yeah. month. Pla- yeah. planning, it's just and, discipline. planning and discipline. Yeah. Planning and discipline. Okay. Mm-hmm. Folks, um, uh, you're listening to McNamara on Money. If, uh, it's a call-in talk radio show. If uh, we're saying some things that... Uh, either get you thinking or uh, you know you have some comments about we'd love to hear from you our telephone number is 781-837-4900 we're talking about playing defense in your financial life and uh, oh yeah we got a few other places to go here all right, all right so uh, you mentioned having your taxes taken out of your paycheck which, and, and that's which they do for most which they do yeah, yeah. what if you're self-employed though and you, you can't have to do have that. even more discipline and spend yes. more time figuring yes. that out <laughs> yep good question okay. yep you do so you have just have to do that yourself and then where where are you just putting your mo- money i mean you you've got to you've got to you don't want to try to uh, take this big hunk of money at at April fifteenth or whatever. You've got to be putting it away yeah. every month, yeah. correct? Yeah. Put it into pork bellies and then you can pay your taxes. So just, just put kidding. it into your in your savings account. In yeah. your savings account. That that is money you don't just, mess with. money you don't mess with is that is tax right. You're, you're not interested yeah. in making money. On Absolutely, that. You just have to have it. Yep. Okay. All right. Anything else on expenses? Yes. Uh, I have some very strong opinions. Yes, about, you do. I do. About, <laughs> <laughs> about two uh, large expenses yeah. uh, for everybody listening here, or okay. at least most people. Okay. One is for pretty much everybody. Okay. Um, most people in this country suffer from a financial condition that I call... TMC. I think no. I know what it is. Okay, tell me what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Too much cars. Too much car. Okay, we we America, we are a car transportation we are. nation. That's... No question about it. Okay, uh, average car in America right now new about thirty six, thirty seven thousand dollars. Last time I saw a number. 
Okay. Wow. Um, m- m- most people don't have thirty six extra thousand dollars hanging around to buy a car. They pr- yeah. probably have to borrow the money. Whatever. Okay. Uh, again. Uh, you know, we want it all, we want it now, we deserve it, and we deserve our lifestyle. Uh, I've got this black card in my, ch- my wallet. I, it's, I'm cool. I need, this is my lifestyle. I deserve it. Uh, my, my point is that, you know, w- we know lots of folks who purchase new cars or, okay, uh, every three, four, five years, okay? Uh, and if you do that, if you can afford to do that and still live your life and live happily ever after and you're doing all the other things, go for it. But most folks can't, okay? And my point is that if there was an area to take a look at where you could reduce your expenses fairly significantly, it would be in how, what, you know, how old a car you buy, you know, new versus pre-owned or whatever for term you want to use, okay, and how long you drive it. Okay, and, and you know my my simple advice would be, if you're going to purchase a car, purchase one that's one or two or three years old. That's the sweet spot from depreciation, and drive it for eight or ten years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, well, I'm it, going on ten years, the, so it, I, you are. I am are very. You? I am very <laughs> impressed. No, you made me buy another car. I only I only needed one. You made me buy a second one. But anyway, my 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 point is is it's a very strong one, folks. Okay. Okay, you know, cars depreciate in value a huge chunk of money. Uh, we just purchased a, a, a year-old car from myself for, in Massachusetts, uh, and there was like a fifteen or $16,000 difference in the price from, from one that was new, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, an average car depreciates in value pretty quickly you know they go down to nothing and if you really sat down and figured out you know if you buy a $35,000 car every five years and you trade it in for 12 okay there's a certain amount of money that you just spent on a car that you'll never get back never mind other things so so I guess my point is folks I can't I don't have time to get into a lot of this because of the show but you know Cars are very, very expensive, okay? And for many, many folks, you know, that extra money that you might need in your life may well come from buying a one or a two or three-year-old pre-owned car that has a bunch of depreciation already gone by, okay? Uh, And driving it for very, oh, I... You know, I've got an eight-year-old car and and I just had a $3,000 repair bill. Well, let me think about this. Well, let's see. You can pay the $3,000 repair bill and maybe have another one next year. Well, if you buy a $36,000 car to replace it, you just spent $36,000. You could have a lot of $3,000 repair bills before you oh. spend $36,000 on kind of car. So, you know, it, it's, it's an emotional thing for us Americans, and I'll just kind of move on. But TMC, think about it, folks. If you had to save some money someplace, that, that's where it would be. By the way, when we model retirement plans for folks, we have lots of folks who have driven cars every four or five years, get a new one, yada, yada, yada. Okay, when your income goes down in retirement, and, and if the retirement numbers didn't come out well when we're trying to craft a retirement plan, you know, 
making you own your cars longer and or paying a little bit less is one of the big solutions for a lot of people oh, to make okay. retirement work sort of a sure. thing. Okay? But we get, you know, we get used to a certain lifestyle. Nobody wants to go backwards in your lifestyle when you retire. You know, everybody knows you probably have to, but no, okay. no, no, nobody ever wants to. Okay, so that's that's one expense that's a but that could be a game changer for a lot of people. This is where I'm going with that. That's all. All right. Okay. Ooh, I would. Yeah. You, you okay with that? I mean. Um, well, no. I'm just thinking about thinking about retirement. I guess you travel. Well, it depends on your age. I guess at some point, I think they don't become that important cars anymore. Um. To me, I mean, you just you yeah. just have less interest in them. I don't yeah, know. Well, okay, um, not yet. Yeah. I I'm not there yet, but <laughs> but I can see myself getting there. Saying I I don't need it. Well, car. okay, so so that financial condition, too much car, okay, you it, it may be uh, harmful to your either current lifestyle and or future retirement lifestyle. Yeah. By having that, okay. Uh, there's another TMC. Oh, okay, that I want to talk one, about. No, one oh. question about this. Okay. So uh, you hear so much about leasing. Yeah. What, what do you think about leasing? No. Okay. <laughs> What's Tell that? me Which, why. Uh, it's more expensive than owning a car. Oh, okay. Why is that? Well, because you, uh, you only drive it for two or three years, and, and they, you have to pay a lot of money to do that, and you don't have a car. If you bought a three-year-old car, okay, that was the, the same one that you leased, okay, when, you, when your lease is up, you have nothing. Okay, well, in three years from now, that three-year-old car is still worth a bunch of money because it's further down on the depreciation scale. Okay, okay. so even if you... If you, if you buy it at the end of your lease, that used to be an option, is it now? It, it's, it's still not going to be as cost-effective okay. as buying a one- or a two- or three-year-old car and driving it for 10 years. Okay. And All right. I, I'm, I, convinced. I will, I'm convinced. I will, I will do that math with anybody. <laughs> anybody. Okay, the folks who lease cars say, well, I don't have to worry about repairs and maintenance. No, you don't. But cars are so well built these days. You don't. There's not a lot of that going around, you know, if you think about it. So, but oh. whatever. Okay. All right, so that's oh, oh, it. Anything else yeah. inexpensive? Yeah, oh, college. Yeah, yeah there's a co- college. Okay, so, so the other major expense that people just need to think about, you know, uh, qu- quite a lot is, you know, paying for college. I mean, we, we all want the best for our kids. We want the best colleges, the best lives, all that. I mean, we, we, we all do, okay? Uh, and, and, you know, whatever financial knowledge we may ex- have, Okay, right now, you just throw it out the window when it comes to college, okay, because you're just going to make it work sort of a thing. That's just how most folks are. Um, college is a significant, significant expense, okay, perhaps larger than actually buying cars, depending on your circumstances. Oh, uh, yeah. And, are you kidding? And, well, well, for, for well me, I mean, I'm, like it's a lot of colleges yeah, yeah. are more than a... One year is more than a brand I, new car. I, I understand. Okay, it depends on how much you. That, that's that's correct. Okay, and so my point is that that um, you know when people make mistakes financially, well, on an expense that's a whole lot of money, you could make a really big mistake financially, and that would yeah. be college sort of a thing. Okay, uh, you know we, we're we're all certified financial planner practitioners, and there's a, I think there's about seventy thousand of them across the country. I'm not sure how many of them are practicing, and we craft current life plans and financial plans for retirement for folks uh, and 
I would tell everybody that's got college ahead of them, uh, you ought to know, you know, however much that you obligate yourself to pay for your kid's college. And by the way, you can do that by saving for it in advance. You can do that by paying for it out of cash flow while they're in college. Mm-hmm. Or you can do that by borrowing money. But you pay all three of those ways. And, and my comment is, okay, take you need to figure out how much you can afford per kid before it messes up either your life or your retirement. And then if you know that and choose to do that, that's okay. At least you knew. Okay. But there are a whole lot of folks that are going to look back on college education commitments that they made, maybe without a lot of thinking, probably without a lot of thinking, uh, whose lives uh, are going to be changed negatively as a result of that. You know, it sounds like bad-mouthing apple pie and Chevrolet when I talk about that, but it's a huge expense that most people can't afford to begin with, and you try to do your best, but how does it impact your life going forward, you know, and how do you feel about that? If you you have all that information and you know you're going to have to work until you're 80 to be okay, if that, if that's, if you're okay with that, then you you had enough information to make a choice, but it's, it's a huge expense. Okay. And it can change people's lives, not in a good way. And and I've seen that in spades over my time in this business. Okay. So that's an expense you have to be careful. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from that. Yeah, that's depressing. I know. <laughs> what about insurance? Okay. There's so many kinds of insurance. Um, everybody hates insurance. It's such an emotional well, topic. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. And, and I'm going to do this tongue in cheek, and you give. And I'll, I'll I'll change the one about the auto insurance. Okay, as a result of your input. But okay, so you don't, folks. You don't need any life insurance at all if you have saved enough money for your family to be okay if you die tomorrow. Okay. I mean, I don't see that that's anything funny about that. There's, well, no, well the, the point is everybody, almost everybody has not saved enough money. Well, okay. Well, but, I think you have to get to a certain point in your life. Yeah, you do, you, hopefully you do. Okay, yeah. we don't. You, you need life insurance because you probably don't have enough money right now to take care of your family if you die prematurely, and don't we all? Okay, uh, you need disability insurance, okay, through work. Because uh, at any given age, you have a higher probability of not being able to go to work than dying. And so protecting your earnings, okay, is uh, your earnings are your most important financial asset, most valuable financial asset. You need to protect them, okay? Uh, If people need uh, auto insurance to protect yourself from accidents, folks, and uh, people need home insurance, to protect your home from damage or fire or disaster, okay? And all of these are bad financial things that happen. By the way, long-term care insurance, if you can, if you can afford it, it's pretty expensive, protects against some of those costs. So uh, all the, the, the really good news, I think, is that all of the financial disaster, health insurance, all of the financial disasters, okay, that you could be subject to, there are insurance solutions to all of them, okay? Maybe you don't have enough money to pay for all of those different kinds of insurance. Well, then you make your bets and, and go from there. But, okay, the, right. the really good news is you can protect yourself against a whole bunch of financial disasters that could change your life forever. It's called insurance, and nobody likes that. Talk so that, really, that name. really, the choices would be 
Do I take out life insurance? Can I afford life insurance or, or can I afford disability? Because you don't really have any choice about the auto well, home Well, you, that's right, okay? You know, there's only so much money that, that ends up in the checkbook, and right. most people can't afford to do all these things. But you know right. what? If you look into it, make a plan, and prioritize, and say, I'll worry about this and I'll risk that, then you made a plan. You know, that's, a, that's at least a plan, okay? Yep. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, let's see. Yeah, all right, we can finish this up in the next couple of minutes. So why don't we go through that, those last two or three parts very quickly, Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, this, no, this is my, my point about the life insurance. Yeah. Well, you need life insurance forever. Not necessarily. If you, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you get to a point, okay, in your life where you've got enough finances to be okay, and if your family's uh, going to be okay if you died tomorrow afternoon, you're good. Okay, sort of a thing. Okay. So you we would, ha- we you would a, put disability yeah. insurance in that same category? Sure, as long as you're working. Yeah, I mean, people's assets, they, when you're working, you probably haven't saved enough money to retire because you'll be retired probably. I, okay. I, I, I would. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should I worry about taxes? No. Pay them. You can't do anything about them. <laughs> right. But, really. And, and the loopholes and the way to save taxes, they're narrowing and narrowing. And so and what do you think about... Um, what do you think about having well, sometimes people take out more to have to have a little few more taxes taken out so they can get a big chunk of them back at the uh, end of the I year? I think you just lent your money to Uncle Sam yeah. for the winter is what I think. That's, that's <laughs> silly. Okay. I remember a long time ago some an employer telling me that no, yeah. you don't want to get any yep, money yep, back. Yep. Okay. One. Give me one last question. It's the second. Okay. The second last one there. All right. What is the one big thing <laughs> someone can do to retire and live happily ever after? I didn't know there was one big thing. There is one big thing. Okay. Okay. There's the most important thing. The budget living oh, okay. within your means. But the one really big thing is, folks. Uh, everybody should have a comprehensive financial plan for their life okay. and for retirement. Which, is tie, which ties together all of these things that I'm talking about on defense and the things we'll talk about when we get to offense. Folks, there are people out there in the world who are qualified to help you develop those. It's a wonderful thing to have a written guideline about your life. It's a wonderful thing to pay attention to it and check it once in a while. Uh, and there are lots of folks who have their own plan in place to do very well. Uh, there are many folks can use some help in that. So a comprehensive written financial plan for your life now and your life in retirement is the one big thing. And then so hopefully when you retire, you have no debt. That's that, the ultimate goal yeah, here. Absolutely. And I'll get to that indeed. Yes, indeed. No, yes. No debt. No, no debt. All right. Oh. That said... Now, I, I brought this up earlier, so okay. now you have to go Uh-oh. home equity line of credit. Yeah. Okay. So you consider that an insurance policy? Is I that what you... consider that debt. Excuse me? If, if you have a balance outstanding on your home equity line of credit, that's debt. If you have a home equity line of credit with zero balance, it's just yes. an insurance policy. Right. Yeah. So you pay it off. Yeah. That was my... That that, that is the built-in assumption there, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Are there any other big things? Nope. Uh, Have your mortgage retired when you are. Have zero balance on your equity line of credit. Zero balance on charge cards. Time for a break, I think. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's take a break. 